Vinny Iorio continues to impress down in Hershey. Your Locked On Capitals, your daily podcast on the Washington Capitals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, hello and welcome into this edition of Locked On Capitals. I'm so glad you decided to join me today. As always, this podcast is free and available on all the major platforms. And I want to thank you for making this your first listen or view of the day. Yes, this podcast is also available in video form, so head on over to YouTube and check it out. My name is Dan Holney. You can find me on Twitter. It's at DanCaps218. You can find the show on Twitter. It's at LockedOnCaps. Today's episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LockedOnNHL for $20 off your first purchase. So in this edition of Locked On Capital, I have part two of my interview with Mike Vogel as we talk about the future of the head coaching position for the Washington Capitals. And then we talk about what this team is going to look like next season. But just to get it going here, talking about Vincent Iorio, a young guy on the Capitals, a a blue liner that uh, has great potential. I think that we will probably see him on the big team up in D.C. sooner than later. And that is one of the things that we've heard about for the longest time is that this team wants to get younger and it wants to get faster. Well, Vinny continues to impress down in Hershey and just um, taking a look at him at only 20 years old. uh, Vincent, 20 years old, made his pro hockey debut with the Bears in 22-23, just uh, over a year after the Caps selected him in the second round of the 2021 NHL draft. The British Columbia native was a productive blue liner in the WHL during his high school age seasons, posting a plus Uh, 24 rating and 21 goals in 61 assists in 109 games across four years, writes NBC Sports Washington. So even at a young age, he had great potential, and that is really manifesting as we see him play uh, in the Calder Cup playoffs here. So just I'm excited about what Vinny has in his game. Uh, He was one of the few young players that actually got their call-up this year, and in his brief snippet with the Capitals, I got to say I was rather impressed. After uh, participating in the Caps development camp each of the last two years, he finally made the jump to the pros in 22-23 and carved out several key roles on the Hershey roster. He tallied 22 points in 63 games during the regular season, ranking fifth among all AHL rookie defensemen with a plus 17 rating. Pretty impressive for such a young guy to be poised Uh, with that kind of confidence and just to impress right away at a young age. Oftentimes you see these players and it takes them years to find their way. I think Vinny has it in the tank already. And that is what is promising for me. It's been good. Iorio said after an early May practice of his first season, rookie years always have ups and downs. And I think I've had plenty of ups and downs, but having the veteran leadership and a veteran group have that we have here. They've really helped me, whether that just for all the young guys, they've taken us and they've treated us so well. They've really helped us learn the ropes. And uh, that is the case 
you know, especially in the AHL and the ECHL is that you think to yourself, it's primarily just young guys, but there is also a veteran core down there. See Scarboza who got a new contract that's in his thirties now. So you, even though it is the AHL, you still need to sprinkle in some experience. And that is where that um, is, is good for like a Scarboza to serve as a mentor uh, for some of these younger players. And, um, and just the thing that I've noticed about a lot of these younger players is they're mature beyond their years. And what do I mean when I say that is even if you take a look at Connor Bedard and what he had to say, uh, just a really humble guy, or even Connor McMichael showing leadership qualities at such a young age. Um, it's just, it's, I think it's a little bit different than it was years ago where you saw a bit of more immaturity. Um, so a positive sign suffices to say. Iorio got his first taste of NHL action March 4th against the San Jose Sharks in the same game where fellow defensemen Rasmus Sandin and Gabriel Carlson made their Caps debuts. All three players logged at least one point in the 8-3 Washington victory. Vinny, who served up Alex Ovechkin with a primary assist for a goal number 815 of the great eights career. You got to think that that is something that he will hold in fond regard in his heart for probably forever uh, that long after Alex Ovechkin hangs up the skates, he can say, yeah, I helped Alex Ovechkin score one of his goals. And just, it had to be a pretty cool moment for such a young guy. I've got to imagine He's obviously a great skater and really poised with the puck. Carlson said it's his first pro year. I think he's improved a lot. I started off the year paired with him and you can see some tendencies from junior still there and throughout the year. He's improved a lot. It's been a lot of fun to see him up here and also in the NHL and do well. So just continuing, he can improve his game and he's going to be a great defenseman for the Caps. This is what I've talked about. There is going to be a bit of a transition as we see some of the older players move on. Like I spoke on on previous podcasts, I do think that you will see Backstrom and Oshie and some of these older players kind of filter out as the years go. And as those older players filter out, you are going to see you know, more of a youth infusion. You're going to see Vinny Iorios. You're going to see Hendrick Slop here. You're going to see Connor McMichael plus, you know, you know, uh, Ivan Mirishnashenko and these different players that they're drafting. So I do think that the face of this team is going to change quite a bit in the next handful of years. And I think that Vinny is going to be one of the key pieces in that changing of the guard, if you will. And he's just continuing to light it up as we see the success that Hershey has had in the Calder Cup playoffs. Uh, I will let you know that I'm recording this um, on Thursday here on the 12th, or for, excuse me, Friday. So, you know, I, I, things may have changed as far as the Calder Cup goes between when I'm recording this uh, and when this is actually broadcast. But as it stands right now, the Hershey Bears are continuing to chug right along and, and doing really great things. And they're doing that in large part by A, a really great head coach, you know, who you could argue would be potentially the next great head coach of the Caps, but not just that. It's players like Vinny Iorio and just everyone down in Hershey. I don't want to just pinpoint one player, but it just seems like a team all collectively pulling on 
the rope and uh, you're starting to see that manifest out on the ice. Listed as six foot four and 200 pounds, Vinny has always used his size to his advantage on the ice. Between his rookie AHL season and his time with the Caps, he's realized he still has plenty of work to do in the weight room. And that's kind of the common denominator that you hear with a lot of these younger players is that they need to hit the weight room because, you know, oftentimes they get driven off the puck. Um, so that would serve them well uh, to do that as well. It's been good, Vinny said, after an early uh, May practice, talking about, you know, how he's come along and just kind of he was reminiscing about how uh, his game has come along. And I've just noticed it as well, watching different you know, highlight packages from down in Hershey. I don't get a chance to watch all the games. I get try to watch as many as I can. And uh, I really like his game and what uh, he brings to the tank. Just to continue my game, continue to get stronger. Iorio said of his plans of how, what he's going to do in the offseason. I'm still a young kid. I'm a big boy on the ice, but there's been that adjustment, pushing your weight around. So I need, honestly, to just work on all facets of my game, keep my mental game strong, but physically get a lot bigger, continue to develop, and get faster. That is what we saw last uh, training camp with uh, Connor McMichael and Hendrix Lapierre. You saw them bulk up a little bit because they were driven off the puck when they did get their opportunities with the Caps. When you know a big NHLer just you know laid it to them, you know they kind of just folded like a deck of cards. That's why these guys got to bulk up. Um, if you take a look at Tom Wilson and some of his earliest photos when he was first on the Caps, he wasn't always the big tough guy that he is today. He is a guy that also had to uh, bulk up as well. So I think that's sound advice for any of those young guys uh, that are having issues that way is just to kind of bulk up and it's going to be advantageous for you as it's going to be harder for some of the bigger guys in the NHL uh, to drive you off the puck. Uh, that would be, you know, the best advice I could give them. All right. So after the break here, it will be part two of my interview with Mike Vogel. Uh, a bit of a note here is that the audio was not the best. I was having internet issues, but you can still hear Mike Vogel crystal clear. And we will talk to him after the break. Today's episode is brought to you by a product that I use literally every day, AG1 by Athletic Greens. Maybe you're like me. You want to eat healthy and eat well, but it's always easier said than done. That's no longer the case with AG1. With one delicious scoop of AG1 and a glass of water each day, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food-sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients helps support your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging, all of these things. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with a convenient daily nutrition. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up on the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. 
All right, welcome back into this edition of Locked On Capitals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Make sure and follow or subscribe to Locked On Capitals on your podcatcher of choice, as I have a lot of great interviews lined up for you this summer. We'll talk about free agency, we'll talk about the draft, and ultimately, what will this team look like next season? So make sure and join Locked On Capitals today. From October, November of uh, 2021 for sure. And then like you said, Dan, that there's just not a lot of consistency to, to his career. And we've seen it in the playoffs too. You know, he was good enough to win the Conn Smythe trophy in 2018. That could have gone to him. That could have gone to Ovechkin. That could have gone Hopi, I think. Um, but he had a couple of playoffs before that where you, you, you had to wonder, did we see, uh, did we see the real Kuznetsov? Where was he? Where, what what kind of impact could he have made on on that game or that game or that series or that series? You know, there there were some series where he looked a little disinterested before um, they won the cup. And you know, look, everybody's wired differently too. And the other thing about Evgeny is he's he's come right out and, and said it. I don't want to be one of the best players in the game because I got to work too hard to do that. So knowing that you, you've got a very mercurial player here. You've got a guy who's capable of being better than he is and, and is vocal about the fact that I'm good enough. I'm, I'm good enough for my liking. I'm, I'm fine with, with what I am. And you're, you've also got a guy who now I believe is 30 or, or close to it, maybe even 31. And, and he's underperforming. He's certainly underperformed um, this last season. And I would say in particular uh, in the last quarter of the season, Nick Dowd had more points in the month of March than Evgeny Kuznetsov did in the same same month. And the team needed, you know, they weren't dead in the water yet. They needed that, you know, some some performances from some some key guys and they didn't get it. Um, and that's that's why we're talking now instead of a few weeks from now, maybe. Right. Um, so yeah, I, I just don't know. I, I don't think you can count on, especially, you know. I don't think you can count on a first-time NHL coach having the gravitas and the swagger to come in and say, okay, I'm going to fix this guy, Evgeny Kuznetsov. I, I, I think I know how to reach him, how to get to him. I think you're going to have a better chance of achieving that with a guy who's been around the block a few times and has maybe won a cup. And I'm not saying they should go out and hire, hire Daryl Sutter because I don't think they should. Um, <laughs> But, you know, I, I think that th this is going to be a really difficult summer because, again, they're trying to walk a tightrope. They're trying to contend with a roster that that screams rebuild. And they're, they're also, you know, seeking a new coach. And, and when, when you've got a team that's sort of at a crossroads, you know, that, that's that's right on the cusp of, you know, rebuilding like a full-on rebuild because you've got a, a couple of guys more than a couple of guys a handful of guys who are going to age out of the game here in the next half decade that that makes this a real tricky hire so between the tricky hire the stated goal of of competing for the playoffs and and the the problems as far as the the contracts and the salary cap and everything that they've got their work cut out for them this summer. It's it's going to be very difficult. And that part of the equation, the Kuznetsov part of the equation, is just another one of those things. You know, I I, I could see him 
if if they did get a coach that they, I'm sure that's going to come up in the job interview for sure, right? I I think it would have to. You've got to you've got to bring that up. He's still a part of the team. You've, you've got to ask that question. I think mm-hmm. of whomever you interview, that's that's going to be one of several dozen questions that you're going to ask. But that being the case, I don't think you can. This goes back to it. You're trying to thread the needle here. You're walking a tightrope. This is not going to be easy. And you don't have a lot of margin for error. You can't make a whole lot of mistakes. You know, and it goes back to the previous question, too. If you anoint Connor McMichael or Hendricks LaPierre and they're not ready to, to produce over 82 games, you're, you're in a tough spot. Um, but th- that goes for, you know, any of these decisions. If you hire the wrong coach. If you make the wrong trade, if, if um, you think, you know, you, you can't find a trade on the, in the trade market. So you, you've got to come back with Evgeny Kuznetsov in your top six in, in September and October. And you're counting on this this new coach, whomever that is, to, to you know, bring him back to, to the player that we all know he can be. That's a whole lot of ifs. And there, there's there's already enough of them here already. So I think, you know. Like I said, it this is for me. It's going to be one of the more interesting off seasons, I think, um, certainly in the franchise's history, but in the franchise's recent history. And you go back to the summer of 2017, the year before they won the cup. A lot of people were way down on this team because of the loss and because they had lost um, Nate Schmidt in the expansion draft. Uh, lost a couple of players. They had to trade Marcus Johansson to New Jersey to to sign some of the contracts that we're, that we're getting around to talking about now as, as being a little bit burdensome, right? Oshi, Kuznetsov, et cetera. So um, yeah, here we are. There, there's a lot of tough questions surrounding this team right now and, and, and are likely to be hanging out there probably for another couple of months. So the interesting thing about this core, and I think that a lot of Capitals fans are reluctant you know, to to let go of. I know the fans don't have anything to say with it, but you take a look at Backstrom and Oshie and some of these players that are, you know, the hang-on of the 2018 Stanley Cup uh, championship team. Their value too far diminished now, even if they wanted to trade them. One of the things I did in this show is I had my three untouchables on this team. It was Alex Ovechkin, Tom Wilson, and John Carl. Everyone else they should be willing to at least listen to if you take a look at Nick Backstrom, even if they wanted to trade him right now, everyone knows that he had a hip resurfacing procedure done. Everyone knows that TJ Oshie is prone to injury. Um, so it is a difficult position for the Caps to be in. That is for sure. And, you know, a total rebuild isn't, you know, all that anyway. T- take a look at the Washington Nationals, for example. It's going to be mm-hmm. some tough sledding there for quite some time. Uh, yeah. So taking a look at the head coach uh, here briefly while I have you here is there's some front runners. I, I Again, I heard about Spencer Carberry. I heard that even Bruce Boudreau, Gabby, that might even be a possibility. What are some of the the head coaches that you see, or who do you think they should interview? Well, I think they should interview Halpern. I think they should interview Carberry. Um, if Bruce wants to coach, if if Bruce wants to continue as a, as a coach, why not talk to him? He fits, <clears throat> you know, the the bill of of a guy who's who's been around the block, has had a lot of success, um, hasn't hasn't won a cup, but I, you know, as I look out there now. The only guys that that you're looking at who are sitting on the shelves, 
who have cup rings and who could come in and coach this team. They've, they've got some taint on them too, because guys mm-hmm. like Mike Babcock and Joel Quinville, you don't know if they're ever going to coach in this league again. You don't. All right. So after the break, I will continue my conversation with Mike Vogel as we talk about what will this Capitals team look like at the start of next season. We'll talk about that coming up. Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best prices, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun that you'll have. One of the things that I love about game time is sometimes it's difficult for to find tickets for those events that you need to want to go to. That is why you need game time. It makes it so convenient. Snag the tickets without the stress with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, and use code locked on NHL for $20 off your first purchase. That's a great deal just for signing up for game time. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code locked on NHL for $20 off. Download the game time app today. Last-minute tickets, lowest prices, guaranteed. I don't know if any team wants to take um, that PR hit. Uh, you know, typically, I think when you when you look, when you're wondering about who your next coach is going to be, and, and it's this time of year when a lot of those guys, a lot of the guys that you might want to, to bring in and talk to are, are still working, like Carberry, or just finishing, right. finished working, like, like Halpern, you wonder, like, if things go sour, any of these places, are any of these guys going to get let go? Exactly. Um, what happens in New York with Gerard Gallant from from um, the Rangers get, getting knocked out in, in the first round at the hands of a, you know, a cross-town rival? I think there, there's some question about that. I don't know, does, does, does he make any more sense than any of the guys that, that we've already mentioned? And then you look around – there's, there's a few other teams that have let coaches go. Brad Larson, um, Dallas Eakin, uh, Daryl Sutter. To me, those guys don't move the needle yeah. for what the Caps are looking for. So I don't think I don't think it's it's fair to waste their time or or yours to, to bring them in unless unless I'm not unless I'm missing something about, you know, that's in the background of those those three guys that that makes them a great candidate for this job this team right now. And I, I don't, I don't know that. So I think, you know, another guy, I think uh, I would have him talk to, and this could be a guy who's going to get a look in Calgary. Anyways, a guy named Mitch love, who's been coaching the uh, Calgary farm team. And I think he won the, uh, the coach of the year award in the American league each of the last two seasons, if I'm not mistaken. So I think a guy like that, who's, who's won at that level and has, has achieved at that level, I mean, that's you, you look at the list of guys who've won that coach of the year in the American Hockey League over the last two decades. Essentially, 90 percent of them have gone on to coach in the, in the NHL. So um, there's there's something to be said for for using that as, as a little bit. And the Caps are guilty of that, too. That's how they hired Bruce Cassidy back in uh, the summer of 2002. He, he was coming off in, in Grand Rapids coach of the year in the American League. So um, for me, that that's that's how you go about making that list. I, I don't think that 
I don't think that the the coaching choices are as obvious right now as they were nine years ago right now when when you know Barry Trotz was a couple of weeks away from being hired because I can remember the end of that season um, talking with coworkers and and others and, and saying look looking at the standings and saying boy Nashville's struggling if if they um, don't miss the playoffs and Barry Trotz gets let go, that's the obvious choice for Washington's next coach. We were saying that in, in February and March of that year. And by the end of May, he was, he was the Caps coach. It was, the, it was that cut and dried. It was, the, the question was who was going to replace George McPhee. I think everyone knew that once Adam Oates was let go and Barry Trotz was, was on the unemployment line, I think most people understood that Trotz was going to get the job uh, in Washington. That's not the case now. I think we're back to probably when, uh, like when Adam Oates was hired or when uh, Bruce Cassidy was hired. I think they're going to they're going to have to cast a wider net, and they're going to have to they're probably going to have to 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 roll the dice on on someone because I again I don't think there's someone out here um, that fits every that checks every box for them. I, I don't see a guy, one single guy. I think you, you're going to have to build a staff. And let's not forget, when you look at the three guys who walked out the door last week, Peter Laviolette, Kevin McCarthy, Blaine Forsyth, you're talking about close to 70 years worth of NHL experience combined with the three of those guys. You can't just come and, and grab three guys who've never been um, – you know, who haven't spent much time in the NHL, maybe one of them's ne- never even been in the NHL. There's going to have to be some sort of veteran presence, if you will, on that on that staff somewhere. Maybe somebody who's 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 had some previous head coaching experience. Let's go back to when Todd Reardon was elevated from associate coach to head coach. They hedged their bet by hiring Scotty Arneal, a guy who had been a head coach previously at Columbus, to be an assistant so that you've, you, you've at least got someone behind the bench that's been there and, and had that experience previously. I think that's that's sort of what they're going to have to do this time around, too. It is. I think that take a look at, you know, Orpic, that changed the Caps' blue line. Um, but you take a look at the, the blunders, if you will. Well, the Antha trade for Jacob Verona, Richard Ponick, and draft picks. Not quite... Par Philip under up there, and you got to think on the whole Anthony Anthony thing. That is for sure. Your outlook for I know we're a long way from next season, but do you see this team being competitive? Next season? Is there any chance they make it to the playoffs? Well, I don't think it's way too too soon to tell, Dan. I think you don't even know what your roster looks like yet. So for me, that's a question for September or even maybe mid July. Um, but I, I, don't, I don't think you can you can say what any team um, what any team's chances are for next season at, at you know on May third. Um, I think we're we're way too far away, and there's you know essentially team building happens from mid June to mid July. That's just the way the NHL is and has been since uh, th- that CBA came in in, in the summer of '05 and uh, changed everything with the salary cap. I think. Uh, you know, you used to be if if you were dealt a bad hand or, you know, like you said, you made some bad trades and you you, you made some mistakes in, in your summer assessment of your team. 
um, and you got into the season and you, you got off to a bad start. In the old days, in the pre-salary cap days, there were a lot of trades that happened in the month of November because team teams would um, they'd get off the slow starts and they'd call up another GM and say, hey, let's uh, you, you need to rearrange your furniture. We need to rearrange ours. You give me two guys, I'll give you two guys. And those, those deals happened all the time. Um, Chris Simon came to Washington in one of those deals, Andre Nicolation, um, Michael Nylander the second time around um, those, those deals that there, there were, they were frequent. Larry Murphy came in an early season trade, but you just can't do that anymore. So um, yeah, I'm going to have to hold off on, on proclaiming anybody playoff worthy or, or not until I see what uh, you know, at least 95 to 98% of their roster is going to look like. And, and I don't think we're going to know that until mid July, probably. All right, Mike, I want to thank you once again for joining us on this edition of Locked On Capitals. I'd love to have you on before the start of the season or maybe during training camp if you're available to see what this lineup looks like and hear your thoughts on the team. But uh, where can we find you online? Uh, Vokes Caps on Twitter and uh, Dump and Chase on, on uh, washcaps.com or washingtoncaps.com. All right. I want to thank you for joining me once again on this edition of Locked On Capitals, where it is your team every day. Are you an everydayer of Locked On Capitals? I would love to hear from you. Just hit me up on Twitter at DanCaps218 or at Locked On Caps and say, hey, Dan, I'm an everydayer of Locked On Caps. And, and listen, I love talking to you guys on this podcast, but I would also love to talk to you outside of this podcast Come and join me on Subtext. If you're watching this on YouTube, you can see the information scrolling across the bottom of the screen. If you're listening on the audio side, I will have more information in the show notes. So join me on Subtext today. When you're done listening to this podcast, make sure and head on over to Locked On NHL. They're covering the Stanley Cup playoffs. So if you want to be in the know, when it comes to the NHL, head on over to Locked On NHL. And for D.C. fans, it is baseball season. Head on over to Locked On Nationals and be in the know when it comes to the Washington Nationals as this team is in the middle of a rebuild, but they are showing signs of promise. So head on over to Locked On Nationals. My name is Dan Holmey of Locked On Capitals, where it is your team every day. And I'll talk to you next time.